Thanks for tuning in to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 95. I am Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, it's been a crazy couple weeks. It's been a fun, adventurous time. It's been really busy. Yep. It's been super busy. And uh, we got back from Expo. And you know who held our hands through the whole thing? Keith Elwin. Well, Keith Elwin, too. But flipping. Oh, okay. Flip, flipping out it, pinball. Yeah, flipping out pinball. They helped us out with our booth. We got to tag team with them for our flipping the script on autism. And his sweet Deadpool LE, which now he's hesitant on selling because he's like, I'm not usually a nostalgic kind of person or like believe in physical things, right? But right. <laughs> Zach's like, you didn't you realize like Elwin, Eric, Roger Sharp, Josh Sharp, yeah, White Le- Sullivan. Legends t- legends played it. And they've all and played I, it. And you and I did too. So and, and, well, yeah. And it's all on video too. Yep. <laughs> so um, but if you want that pinball, I don't think he's selling Deadpool now, but if you want a pinball machine, he does get have a stuff in him. stock though. So he, he, does. he did have Russian stock, I know, and he had um some, like Mandos in stock and I think some other things. So if you want to check out his update list, he tries to update he has a post pinned to the top of his Facebook page and he updates that I want to say every other week. Uh great list there. There's some great pinball machines. You know Christmas is right around the corner. Zach will get you hooked up. The shipping is insanely fast. Yeah. No, he he's he is very on the spot with that. Yeah. And he does great with it. So yep. next next pinball machine you buy, Zach and Nicole Mini flipping out pinball. All right. All right, Josh. So uh so what's new? Anything happened in the last two weeks? <laughs> Besides Expo? Oh, I okay. So there's Expo, yeah. Or or, or us trying to recover from Expo. <laughs> Uh, probably a little of both. <laughs> so Expo happened. Mm-hmm. When did we record? Was it like Monday before Expo? It was right before Expo, yeah. Yeah, it was right before Expo. Uh, we then hopped on a plane. I hopped on a plane. Let's see. I guess we in the were... last two weeks. Sorry, I got Guardians of the Galaxy from flipping out. Mm-hmm. Put it in my lineup. And it's funny. I got it on Tuesday. I put one game on it. Then we went to Expo the next day. Ah, I would like to talk about Guardians after the fact because Guardians is a good game I've played on location, but now mm-hmm. that I have it in a home environment, my opinion has changed of it a little bit. I'll, really? I'll tease that okay. for later. So, um, but then do you want to go through your expo? Should we just do it by day by day? Really yeah, quick? let's do it day by day. Okay, what was your Wednesday like? So Wednesday we flew in, got in about um, two o'clock or so. Okay. Uh, Amanda Hamilton uh, was there at the same time, and she had offered uh, her and Mike to uh, drive me from the airport. So we hopped in, went and uh, checked them in. I checked in, and then we went down to help uh, set up the flipping out booth because they they were just looking for help. Yeah. And we was like, oh well, we're around. We should we'll be able to help out. Um, and that basically that was, that was the evening. I, I I think we may have grabbed a bite to eat, but I can't really remember what we did (laughs) when I ran into you guys. So we got in, I thought you got in around noon or 1230. Okay. Maybe, maybe I did. Yeah. Cause originally we were supposed to get in, uh, my wife, my mother-in-law and I were supposed to get in around like five o'clock, five 30. And somehow we lucked out and got on an earlier flight. They had some. They had like 13 on standby and apparently 13 people didn't show up. So wow. we were the okay. last three on that list and it was snug in that plane. It was 
tight. It's like a 20 person plane. <laughs> yeah. And I, you find some of the nicest people on an airplane and you find some of the biggest jerks on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. I guess kind of like pinball, right? Yeah. And, uh, anywho, uh, we got in around two 30 Mark Silk got in around the same time. So we grabbed, uh, an Uber after trying to figure out the airport, which mm-hmm. was funny to me because Mark had it more figured out than me and my family did. So Mark travels more. Yeah. I mean, he, he does this stuff all the time. It's like his all job or something, something um, like that. Yeah. So we got back to the hotel. Uh, it was still like four or five before we even got to the hotel because all the shenanigans going on at the airport. Yeah. And then we, I came down, tried to catch up with you guys. And then we went and grabbed a bite to eat. And then, uh, yeah, it was just kind of helping out around down there. I think someone to the tailgate party. Yeah. I was, yeah, I went to the tailgate party. How was the tailgate party? You know, it was cold. <laughs> I and mean, it, it, it was super nice. I mean, Steve Beatty was there. And it's at his house. And uh, Dwight Sullivan was there. Jerry Thompson was there. Um, and there there were a lot of other people. Bill Webb, Amanda Hamilton. So all, all these people showed up. Um, Eric was there. Uh, Manure, and I'm, I'm trying to go through and figure out. Oh, uh, and... Uh, uh, Keith Johnson was there, so I it, it was it, it was a big uh, deal. They they streamed for about two and a half hours. I I think I hopped on for like forty five minutes. Okay, but um, Scott Denisi was there too. So yeah, it it, it was fun and uh, it was it was nice in the garage. Outside it was a little cold, but it was still you know super nice of them to to host that. Yeah, I've also realized that everything is forty five minutes away in Chicago for some reason. Yeah, for some odd reason, where the convention center is located, it's just everything's forty-five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, um, Thursday. So we finally get to, everyone goes to bed. Wake up Thursday. I I had a hard time sleeping, so I can't. I think I was up by like six that morning, which is like five our time. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go. I was. <laughs> I think every everything had been accumulating for the last six months to this mm-hmm. Thursday, right? Yeah. So I finally get up. We get everything put into place. Uh, and we finally flipped the switch at what ten? A little bit before ten. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, we had like a countdown for like ten minutes, and then we yeah. started about ten ten or something like that. And you, you and I started off uh, with. Uh, well, you started. Well, we started with um, Justin Benson. Justin, yeah, from Learning Solutions. Yeah, and he's the one who introduced uh, basically Learning Solutions and how it's a uh, it's a new company that they're trying to uh, they're trying to establish, but they have a big waiting list of all these people who are trying to get into the system. But as we've talked about multiple times, there's a hump to get started. Yeah, and so that that was the the driving force of doing the fundraiser was to help these families get over that hump. Yep. Um, then, uh, you and I did, uh, uh, did an interview with Steve Bowden Yep, and, uh, played Deadpool. He's Before seen... we did that though, Drew and Rachel was on. Oh, okay. That's right. You're right. Josh Sharp. Mm-hmm. And the cool part about these interviews is a lot of them was not like a typical pinball in- interview. No, no. It, it was a very casual conversation, which was really nice. We saw some, we saw elements of other people, of people that we've heard from, yeah. but uh, able to take get a different take from them. Yep. So like with Rachel and Josh, they did talk some IFPA because mm-hmm. you got the president on. Why not? You know, Josh does. Yeah. 
but then we talked about Steve Bowden, and I heard from Dennis Creasel. It was kind of refreshing to hear us talk about the pinball dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Steve, Steve's hilarious, and he has a he has a lot of great terms that he has coined over the years or oh, yes. incorporated. I was laughing at the chemical warfare and the biological warfare. Yeah, the biological warfare. warfare and the chemical warfare. Yeah, those <laughs> those were pretty awesome. So that was great. After us, uh, it was Amanda and Keith Elwin. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they had a blast. I heard there was some uh, some interesting tidbits out mm-hmm. about, uh, I think he said something about his next cornerstone, uh-huh. and then also a little bit of information on Bond 60th. You're going to have to go back and watch it if you missed it. So Yeah. Uh, actually, I was trying to just listen simultaneously because I, I, I had to hook in via like the stream like everybody else. But as we mentioned before, Josh was uh, Josh was streaming it from his hotspot. And so yeah. that it, it was it was a little bit hit and miss just because I still don't understand why these big conventions have such crappy access to Internet. Oh, no, it's not. OK, let's talk about this really quick because okay, it's been right. mentioned on other podcasts. OK. And there's a lot of confusion going on okay. uh, with like electricity and stuff like that. Okay, I can't speak to the electricity. I'm still thrown for a loop that it was an extra like 300 bucks on top of your booth. Right. Uh, as far as the internet goes, so the convention center itself is like we're a convention center. You can rent our open warehouse essentially. Yeah. But if you want internet, you must go through the third-party company that runs internet for us. It's not – they yes. don't actually provide internet because right. of where they're at. But it's a contract. Like they, they have contracted with someone to provide internet should we want it. Yes. And it almost sounds union. It's kind of weird. Uh, almost. Uh, the prices definitely suggest union. Yes. So get this. I know that we've talked about this offline, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to talk about this now because if you call the convention center, they're going to tell you this. So this is not... Right. Private knowledge. This, this is not a dirty laundry situation. This is actually part of the fee schedule for renting a booth. And so yes. this is the challenge, by the way, of any convention. They they're going to find ways of raising money and uh, and making the making the event pay for itself and possibly make some money. So this is not bad. I mean, possibly make some money. OK, okay. I called them. Four months before, because mm-hmm. George Fisher and I were talking like, what are we going to do about the the internet situation? He's like, right. I heard rumors about the price. And I said, I'll just give him a call. I'll just yeah. flat out tell him who we are. I call up the convention center. And I say, okay, we're doing a charity event. Right. What is our price on this? Because I'm not going to lie, people are very generous towards charities. Yeah. And I would say we've been, we have tried our best to make this as simple and transparent as possible. Yes. Like we, we made sure that the finances were, du- were directly going to learning solutions. Yes. We weren't benefiting in any way. In fact, we donated some stuff along with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, we, it, it was, it was a very clean fundraiser. Yeah. So they said for us, it'd be $2,500 for internet for the day. Yep. And I said, but we're a charity. And they said, that's oh, our charity. That's our charity rate. Yes. If you were not a charity, it would be $2,800 mm-hmm. for five megabits upload. Yeah. For those that un- don't understand this, five megabits is nothing. You can't 
you can't run a stream off of five megabits. That you is, can't even download like an app off that. It's so no, bad. We were talking about, we were lucky to be running the, not lucky, but we're doing pretty good with the stream at 20 megabits. And the only reason we had a snafu for a second is because for some odd reason, George Fisher's computer was hooked up to my phone. I know everyone wants to know this, but it was hooked up to my hotspot. And we were doing like 20, 25 output and like 20 upload. And uh, all of a sudden the stream crashed and then we couldn't figure out why it crashed, but we restarted the stream and it was perfectly fine. So we're just like, oh, that's weird. We'll just chalk it up to like solar flare or something, right? Sure. And and then it wasn't until a couple hours later that I went to get out on my phone. I hadn't been touching my phone because I thought it's a hotspot. I don't want to be moving it. Yeah. Usually if I pick it up, it comes with me, right? Yeah. So, so a couple hours later, just to check my phone and messages and stuff, I pick it up. And I'm like, hotspot turned off due to inactivity. I look at George. Oh. I'm like, George, is the stream still going? And he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, dude, my hotspot's off. What are you running off of? And we like panicked really quick. We're like, well, it shows it's still running. What's it running off of? Somehow it is like reverted from my phone back to George's phone. Oh, okay. So, and that, so, so that's what happened. That was the only drop we had. And that was like the first 30 hmm. minutes of the stream, somewhere on there, right? Yeah. Anywho. So yeah. It, I don't so, know. Okay. If, like, I, I I will put this in perspective too. I went to Great Wolf Lodge last week with my family. Okay, it was the hey you let me go to a, to Expo. We're gonna celebrate as a family doing our own thing. Yeah. Okay. And the guest internet that was totally free at Great Wolf Lodge. Um, guess how much the download speed was? Forty five. One hundred twenty one. <laughs> and the upload speed was two hundred five. Holy crap. So Could you only imagine super fast. So, okay. If, if there's one, one thing that I thought was kind of ridiculous was the, the internet situation there. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, the, uh, like the convention was very supportive yes. of our stream and they were very supportive of like helping us out with the charity. Yeah. And so I, this is not on them. This is this is more of a uh, a Schomburg Marriott situation. Yeah. That that's probably just what they have to do. And at some point they, they have to fix that because that is that's not I mean, seriously. Are we going to do like a, a a fax machine stream next time? I guess. I mean, it's like 19 AOL. It's like 1995. Well, and the whole thing's goofy too. So let's hurry and talk about security because, uh, Ooh, okay, yes, okay. So we're gonna air we're gonna air grievances first, and then we'll talk about the positivity. So. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. I don't want to say it's necessarily grievances because we situations three weeks before flipping the script on autism, we had like a sudden we should switch this all to online, right? We we had. I'm not saying like we knew someone was gonna steal from us. But it kind of hit me like three weeks before. What happens if we do get hit? We have all these things here. Yeah. Yes. We have some pretty nice items that a lot of people want. And I would hate for us to auction these off and then them disappear. Yep. And when I when I explained it all to the sponsors that way, they were totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them didn't bring the items except for the two play fields. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had, you know. Banner. We had the banner. We had the t-shirt. We had speaker light kit the stuff that like people had donated uh that necessarily wasn't a manufacturer like we had the franchi uh plexiglass as well sorry i'm go i'm going totally off into left field at the moment so when i talked to because our concern was security we called up 
the security at the hotel and say, okay, what do you guys provide? We're just trying to figure out what we need to do. And they're like, oh, we don't provide security. And it's like, but you're a convention center. And they're like, well, we provide security for the hotel inside the convention centers up to the person hosting the event. So all those people, as soon as you go through the front door was pinball expo. Um, and then it gets more interesting because like they patrol the hotel security patrols, the grounds, mm-hmm. but it's like, as soon as you go through those double doors or whatever you want to call them, it's like you're entering the matrix. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like this box within a box that they have no control over, but they, they were really good about checking your wristbands to make sure you weren't going in. Yeah. But nothing else. It was so goofy. And what gets even goofier is after, so for those that didn't see the Facebook post, we were packing up. It's, it's Sunday night. Sorry. It's Saturday night around 1130. People are just playing pinball machines. They're not checking out booths. They, they, they don't care. Like if, if most booths were closing up because they had to, they basically had to get out um, Sunday morning, like ASAP. And so yeah. most most of the booths just tore down Saturday night. But people that have major booths like CGC, Stern, mm-hmm. those ones JJP. that had, yeah, yeah they, those that had to bring in a, a, tr- a trailer, like mm-hmm. a truck, a semi-trailer, they actually didn't tear down on Sunday because they need everyone else's booths out of the way so they could pull the trailer actually into the convention center. Right. So there's a lot of chaos. It's it's tearing down and running it out the back door. And and I, Brian Cosner, who's very nice to donate some items, comes over and he's like, have you seen the Hot Wheels banner signed by Joe Balser, this t-shirt and a speaker light kit, plus his hat and sunglasses. He'd made a pile because I was trying to get all the items back mm-hmm. to the people. In the time that I picked up the, the Franchi Jaws plexiglass from our booth and took it to Franchi, and we got we talked for maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because he was packing up and trying to get out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and came back, that stuff was taken. Yeah. It was almost like someone was waiting. And, and luckily during all that too, I'd moved the playfields back behind. Like in a, I, I think they were looking for stuff that they could disguise as their own stuff. Yes. It's pretty hard to walk out with a playfield, but a box, a non-description. One of box. a kind black and white attack for Mars playfield yeah. and a yeah. Jersey Jack test playfield that was only like four or five of them made. Right. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hide those. So cause is like, I can't find this stuff. He made a pile. I, I, he looked, I looked, you looked. Yeah. We, well, we we did everything. Our first thought was is like, well, it must have got packed up. Right. Because seriously, we have six, seven people just in the flipping out booth taking stuff back and forth to the dock, mm-hmm. right? So we didn't even think we got hit. It was just like, oh, it, it, of course with small, like a t-shirt, really? Mm-hmm. Anywho. Yeah, it just, it was really weird. But so I'm talking to security after the fact, right? Because Brian Allen had talked talk to us because he got hit pretty hard. Yeah, he got $2,500 worth of his art stolen. Yes. Come to find out there's not security cameras in the convention center. Mm-hmm. They're at the doors, yeah, so they can look at the doors, but they can't look inside the convention center at anyone's booths. Again, a total failure on their part. Like, uh, unless they are trying to disavow themselves from anything that they, but I, I'm sorry, in today's day and age, having a, a security system that has like cameras everywhere in a big convention center, that should yeah. be a requirement. It should be. So I'm kind of to the point where it's like this convention's ridiculous in my opinion because it's essentially have your event here, but we're not going to do 
anything for you besides have made some heating and air conditioning in this space. And that's about yeah. it. I well, I, I think that they I, I would say the location probably needs to step up their like what they're doing. Yeah. But maybe that's I would say Expo was much better this year than last year, but maybe that's something that Expo needs to address themselves. Yes. Is so either we are hiring people, but at the minimum, I'm I'm sorry, as a convention center, you should have closed circuit TV. You so should. here here's my opinion on this because okay. all of us got hit at the same time. Mm-hmm. We got hit in that everyone's packing up. Yep. People aren't noticing because things are going out the door. I think you shut down Expo at midnight instead of two in the morning. Right. Because there was no reason to keep it past midnight, in my opinion. Yeah. We went back at one and there was barely anyone in there playing. Yeah. You know, there were some people on machines. It still is what it is. But shut it down at midnight and then at midnight, push the whole public out that's when people can start packing up. Now, you're also making assumptions that it was, we have no idea who the Sticky Fingers person was. True. But it, it was obviously a planned hit. Yes. It was planned. Someone, I feel like someone had been scoping out Expo all yes. weekend long, and then that they they strike, they strike struck when they knew they could strike. Yes. So so this was planned. So that means that they, this has happened before at, at Expos, um, at any conventions, but... That says that what was done this time needs to be changed. Yep. So that's, I, there's probably other ways you can improve upon it. That was just my top, off the top of my head. I think yeah. that's some way that you could help prevent. And then just, you, you know, it's kind of on you at that point of like, have someone in your booth while you're cleaning up. Anywho. Yeah. Or at least, you know, maybe have an awareness. Hey, um, yeah. we don't have active security. And so you should have someone on stand, on, uh, you know, on standby to make sure that your stuff's not mess messed yeah. with. Like but it, I think, th- there should be some sort of disclaimer. But I think the thing is, is there is an active security at most of these conventions. There's seriously enough security to check your wristbands and make sure you're not sneaking and in the back exit. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't much from stealing. From, and these conventions are open. These booths, you can attack from all sides. Yeah. yeah and the booths that they're just, they're cardboard tables, like, yeah. like card tables, excuse me, not cardboard card tables that have, a drape, a tablecloth that's covering all these assets. See, and like the only difference I can think of with like Texas Pinball Festival and this is they do offer the curtain that can go around your booth. Yeah. They don't offer that here at Expo. Yeah. But that would have been $10,000 anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's union. So, okay, let's get back to flipping the script. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about the stolen items later. Yeah, well, yeah, I I think we just covered it. I, I okay. don't want to dwell too much on uh, a negative thing because the whole experience, the flip in the script was such a positive experience. And thankfully, we contacted the the people who supplied the stuff that was stolen and they they said they would make it up. Actually, it wasn't even the people that supplied it. This is why I'm so impressed with American Stern and with pin shades. So... Uh, when when we found out about the stolen items, they were all donated by Brian Cosner, which is yeah. it was his own personal collection. Right. It's not like he can replace them. Right. So I called up America, or I ran a day fix. I told him the situation. He's like, "Don't worry about it. We'll cover it." Mm-hmm. And I ran to Zach Sharp, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. We'll cover it." And then the the speaker light kit, uh, it wasn't there wasn't a sponsor for that, yeah. but Jockton stepped up and he said, "I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it." Yeah. So, I, so I, I just I was flat out impressed. It's not even their it's not even their deal. No. And they're but, like, no, just don't worry about it. Yeah, and that was super nice because that uh, you know, 
we certainly would have felt obligated to find, well, we did feel obligated to make sure that um, things were taken care of and people yeah. were made whole. Yeah. So that, that, that was a big solid. Um, so the rest of the script, so we had, uh, let's see where after so, that. So it was Eric Minier and Craig Bobby, and right? this is Craig Bobby's first time killed it, man. Yeah. Uh, besides him doing the, the spots on pinball show for mm -hmm. your five minute update, it was great. Yeah. Uh, everyone loved it. After that, it was Roger Sharp and Jen Rupert mm -hmm. from No Coin Drop Required. Uh, also, she was there helping with the tournament. Amazing conversation. It right. was really cool to see a different side of Roger on that point because Roger always gets asked the same question, right? Of course. Yeah. Or questions. Um, and but he's pretty, it was, pretty good at answering them. Yes. Yes, he is. Plus or minus 45 minutes. <laughs> and then after them, uh, Roger and Mark Silk. Mm -hmm. Or not Roger, sorry. Zach Many and, and Mark, Mark Silk. Silk. Yep. And that was fantastic as well. And during all that, sorry, between the the uh, Craig Bobby and the um, Roger Sharp with Jen, Mark Silk and I did a seminar. Yep. And you were there for that. Yeah, I was up there. I was surprised at actually the numbers in that seminar. There was about 30, 40, which is actually pretty good for a seminar on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it's uh well, and this this was the challenge. They they did a lot of really good things at this expo, okay? Yes. One thing that really should be fixed is they didn't have a giant banner that had when all the seminars were. Yeah. They basically had a QR code that you scan pass. on your pass, which and every other conventions I've gone to have been like you flip it over and it's oh, so and so speaking right now. And it was a little bit of a walk. I mean, it was upstairs, so it wasn't terrible, but it didn't feel like they were funneling people to the seminars. Yeah. So I, I would say that was a that was the downside too. And the seminars were free this year, so you you had no oh, excuse yeah. to not go. Yeah, and and that was that was a huge bonus um, of well, that was a better organizational decision, I guess. So I put it that way. But I'll put it this way too. I think seminars don't get as much love as they should at yeah. pinball conventions. It was the same thing with Texas Pinball Festival. And what's scary is, it's it's funny because everyone's, you know, I hear a lot of people like, well, Texas is the ultimate. And I agree, like Texas was is quite a party. It's, yeah. it's a, like almost like a family reunion for pinball people, right? Yeah. And I agree with Zach Manny that this expo felt like Texas light. Mm -hmm. It felt like the fun of Texas, not as packed, so you could get on pinball machines quicker. Mm -hmm. But just at Texas, as you do have an expo, the ex the seminars are for some odd reason off in the back corner. Mm -hmm. They have a terrible sound system for both. Well, and they should also have like an announcement over the like, hey, in the seminar room now is Mark Silk. Uh, you know, yeah. for, you know. So you should have some sort of way of cluing people in. Hey, there's there's something going on. Yeah, but like maybe it's just me because I'm a sound guy and I do sound for a living. Mm -hmm. Well, as a side gig, side hustle. But if your sound is clipping out, this was Texas and this is Pinball Expo. Mm -hmm. Either get a better guy to run your mixer or get more powerful equipment. Yeah. It was clipping out during the Twippies. Yep. It was clipping out during Mark and my seminar. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to convey to an audience what you're trying to say when half of what you're being said cuts out. Right. And... Like, I get you don't want to pay a professional sound guy. Uh, and, and maybe the people running the sound are professional. I don't know. But there's obviously some disconnect of the quality of sound equipment versus what's going on in the se seminar. 
I'm not going to say what their qualifications were. However, I will say there is room for improvement. Well, it was Martin from Pinball News. What is his qualification? I don't know. So, and I'm not volunteering me. Trust me, I'm not volunteering me. Right. But there needs to be some better sound. Dude, get some JBLs, some 12, you know, 12 eon or eons. Mm-hmm. Rob, trust me, that's in your budget. You you buy them yourself. I know that the convention, you know, probably provided these. There's a reason people don't want to use them. Yeah. I just, anywho. Sorry. Okay. So seminar was okay. fun though. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, we're, let, let's wrap up at least flipping the script. All right. We keep, we keep deviating. So flipping the script, we finished off um, again with uh, learning solutions and we ended yes. up raising how much money, Josh? Okay. So our goal was $25,000. Right. Which by the way, I thought was a pretty aggressive goal. I, I thought like, we're so a too. small charity. We're like we're a small charity stream. I, I had no idea what we, what we would actually get. Well, and originally our goal was 15,000, right? Mm-hmm. That's, we'd all kind of agreed. Maybe that's a pretty conservative goal. Uh, well, not even conservative. We felt that was a stretch, right? But we had all agreed that was probably a decent number to go after. Right. Yeah. And then when I talked to Sarah Foster at Learning Solutions, she she said if we could do twenty five thousand and get it, we could pay for thirty one families to get the over that hump and get their diagnosis. Yeah, it was no brainer for us. We yeah, all, so the hey, I shoot that. for it. Yeah, shoot yeah, let's it. shoot for it because because uh, that was a goal that that puts faces. Well, at least it puts a number thirty one yeah. families who need help. Yeah. When we started flipping the script on Thursday, because we opened up the auction early. Mm-hmm. We were already setting about eighty three hundred dollars. That was mm-hmm. between gift donations and items that had already been bid on. Yep. By the end of the stream, uh, we well, if you were watching the stream, Scott, I, and and uh, Justin all got pretty emotional. Uh, we had an angel donor come in at the very end and pledge to make up the difference of what we didn't make for our goal. Yeah, but how how much do we make? I I'm still impressed by how much we made. Uh, like both both things impress me by the way okay. but like how much Final. do we make by se- by selling the charity auction items okay so for the charity auction I- do you want me to break this all down in auction just, items? just just ru- just rough things like okay. it, it wasn't it about eighteen thousand dollars so auction items alone were about fourteen thousand okay all right straight straight donations was about two grand okay uh the angel donor was ten five mm-hmm and then we had another person come in during our stream in Vernal, so where Learning Solutions is based out of, yeah, and drop off a thousand dollar check, yeah, um, which then brought us to twenty six thousand nine hundred and eighty nine dollars and twenty two cents. That is the final takeaway from everything, right? And so that that's amazing to me. That is amazing. Uh, I just, I'm shocked. I, I was worried about the 22 cents, but I guess that there's uh, some transaction fees that sure. came off. Of it. It's fine. Which it's is funny because a week later, I get a notification from 32 auctions like, by the way, now winners can actually pay for the transaction fees instead of mm-hmm. coming out of your charity. I'm like, a week later, whatever. But we hit our goal. Uh, we, we did. And it was, hey, I, I'm not, I'm not looking at the, the downside. There's <laughs> the, everything's upside on this. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was really funny. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean twenty six thousand nine hundred, essentially twenty seven thousand dollars. Right. right, we're we're off by the eleven yeah, bucks. But still, that that's that's easily twice to three times what I thought we'd make. Yeah, 
Well, and it was funny, you know, Ken Cromwell came over and congratulated us from JJP. Mm-hmm. They'd originally done their first, the 24 hour, right? It, you know, three years earlier. And he's like 25,000 and 12 hours. And he's like, yeah. man, that's, that's amazing. I'm like, come on, Ken, you did 50 and in 24 hours, yeah. but he's like, we didn't do 25 and half, you know, half the time though. Yeah. So, uh, it just, it, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's funny though, like we were already discussing and you'll probably hear on pinball profile as soon as Jeff releases it, but it's like, seriously, the next day people are asking, so you ready to do the, the next one? You ready to do yeah, another flip yeah. the script? Yeah. Woo-woo. And I, I will say that I love doing it and I, I give yeah. all the credit to Josh. Josh was the, the founder of this and he's the one who spearheaded it. I, I helped out in any way he needed, but, uh, I will give all, all the founding credit to Josh and all the, other people who were involved in the umbrella that came together that was flipping the script. Yeah. I could have not done it without, uh, well, George, George shout Fisher. Out for George. Um, Holy crap. Amazing, what? uh, amazing player. He's the dope panic flip. His setup was amazing. His yes. professionalism was amazing. His involvement was like everything that George brought. I thought this is, uh, you are a, a saint for doing this. I never saw anything on his face but a smile the whole weekend yeah. mm-hmm. and i was just like dude it's like yeah he's we, a, he's a nice positive guy yeah. yes he really is uh, i could learn more from george like he's a great dude uh, yeah um but my wife made a perfect analogy uh about people asking us and i even 24 hours after we were finished with it if we were mm-hmm. going to do it again yeah she's like that's like asking the mother that just gave birth that she's ready to happen yeah you're ready, <laughs> you ready to saddle up again yeah yeah uh, you ready I, to do that I will say it was such a great experience. Uh, we're definitely taking taking time to recover from it. Yeah, and then I'm not we, done shipping we'll items out. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't either. Uh, to, in fairness, my house is totally torn up because we are yeah. doing renovations right now, and I have my box of uh, one of the people who bought one of the loser kid hats. So I'm I'm shipping them out a box, and I have some swag in there. I had had a shirt that I'm sending them out, and so that you know. There, there's a box that's waiting to go out, but I, I have been nonstop for the last week. I haven't been able to go to UPS. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell the audience what I've been telling other people. I'm not opposed to doing another flipping the script. Right. Yes. I I'm, I'm open to it. I I'm, I'm, I'm open to consider it. We, we don't want to plan anything right now. Well, and here's the thing. There were so many people involved and mm-hmm. I felt like I used a lot of my, my favors quote unquote. Yes. Uh huh. Um, I need to build those back up. I feel like if I'm going to well, do this sure. again. <laughs> and, and, okay, and to be fair, we, and we've talked about all the, I mean, go look at the stream. We talked about all the the major players who helped out, and including Pinball Expo yeah. uh, for what they were able to do. Stern, JJP, American Pinball, uh, Pinche, like all, all, flipping out all, all, the TPN. All these things came together. And so and yeah. I, I know I'm missing some. I'm just trying to spitball a little bit. But um, yeah, I I would like to let things like let, let, let things cool down a little bit, and then we'll start figuring things out um, yeah. when it starts coming up for next year. Yeah, I'm definitely not making any promises right now, though. Yeah. So, but it was definitely worth it. It was amazing. We'll keep updating you guys as this goes along. Um, but it's just been fantastic. Yeah, I just it was it went further than my wildest dreams. And it, it's, it's been amazing. So yeah. thank you to those that help support all the way around. Yeah. And it's, you can go and look at the replay if you want to catch up on those interviews. 
Yes. So flipping the script was done around 10. That still gave us a couple hours left with the expo, but I think we were kind of doing some running around at that point. I yeah. was pretty exhausted. Yeah, me too. I went to bed uh, Friday. So my Friday was I woke up and uh, I woke up before Carly and, and Danette, which is my mother-in-law, and I went down to the convention floor and just kind of perused the floor. The nice part about being a vendor is you can get in before hours mm-hmm. and you can kind of get on some of the games before they're playing uh, to the public. And so I kind of went and did that. And then we all went along with Justin from Learning Solutions to Chicago itself. I've never actually been downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and explored. We went and I don't know what the building's called. But you go to the very top and it's called 360 Tilt is the It attraction. used to be the Sears Tower. I, I don't know what it's I since names change all the time. This you know, is, it, this isn't the Sears Tower because Sears Tower is further west. Okay, this is, is like it, right on the beach line. This is, is it the Hancock Tower? Maybe. Okay. I, there's a cheesecake factory in it. I don't know. <laughs> the famous cheesecake factory. The famous. Uh, but they have this attraction where you where you pretty much lay on the glass mm-hmm. and then they tilt the whole glass. It's 94 floors up. They tilt mm-hmm. you almost flat, so you're laying on top of the the chicago skyline did that walked around downtown uh had devil dogs i'd never had those before and the funny part is a lot of the chicago locals i talked to had never even heard of them they're like the stereotypical chicago hot dog like they've got the chicago dog Mm -hmm. but we found this one that was called it's not a corn dog if any of you are familiar with street corn i love street corn have you had street corn scott no so street corn is uh famous down in mexico they they take corn on the cob they stick it on stick they roll it in like mayonnaise and sour cream they sprinkle some spice on it squirt it with a squirt of uh lime juice okay you eat it that way that concept on a hot dog with Mm. pico de gallo okay it was amazing okay all right because i'm not i'm not feeling it right now but okay all right okay you, you you had to been there. <laughs> okay, it's true. And, th- and then we went to the Bean. I know I know the guy that made it doesn't like it being called the Bean, but we went to the Bean. Yeah. And we did the architecture tour on the river, and then by that time we made an agreement to be back to the hotel by dark because you don't want to be in Chicago at night. Yeah. And that was pretty much our evening. I caught up with you guys for dinner. You were at some steakhouse. Oh uh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, flipping out took uh, the people who were helping out with the booth and and everybody. They took them out to dinner, so that was super nice of them. Yeah, um, and then I pretty much just caught up. I think we stayed at the convention center after that. It was yeah. I think we just went around and played games. Did uh, you guys do anything Friday without me? I I I just went and played games. So we we tried out all the different games, did some seminars. Uh, but that was uh, pretty much floating around. All right, let's let's talk about the games really quick. Which okay, let's talk Bond. That's the hot one okay. from Stern. Let's talk Bond. Okay. Um, now I'm gonna credit uh, Ron and Bruce from Slam Tilt. Uh, Ron picked this up that I didn't really pick up on Bond. Okay. But apparently, the there's two pop bumpers, yes. and on the premium. They're tied together. Yep. So they don't activate individually. The pro does activate individually. Uh Uh-huh. 
so that was that was an interesting thing. I'm not saying that's a huge deal, but I'm but I'm a little confused as to why they made that decision. But I was uh, told that they didn't have enough space on node boards. Right. And and that that makes sense. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. I I don't think that's going to push you from the premium to the pro. No. But um, I liked playing the layout. Uh, the code was really um, primitive. Well, it's 0.54. It's yes, I mean, it, it's it, baby stage. Yeah, it is. It is definitely in the pre-release stage. Yeah. Um, the there were a lot of modes that weren't even programmed. Uh, I, I liked the flow of the game. I wasn't a huge fan of the underwater shot on the left side because it stopped the flow a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the scoop, uh, I'm, I'm sure with code they can, they can coach that up, but to be fair, um, this is a George Gomez game. And he also designed Batman 66. And when Batman 66 came out, it was a little bit of a clunker and yeah. it had super early code. Same with okay. Deadpool. Yes. How is it? How, how are those two games right now, Josh? They're some of the most coveted games out right. in the world okay. right now. So what I would argue is that Bond is going to follow the same trajectory. I won't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I think Bond will will be a hit. It will be amazing. And I I think you could go with either the premium or the pro. Yeah. And and be totally fine. I personally like the pro better than I like the premium. Okay. I felt like the only thing to shoot on the left side was that left orbit to left ramp. Mm-hmm. Or or it it's like a, a Papa Duke or an L1 where you shoot the orbit, but it turns into a ramp, right? Right. Uh but the only reason you're hitting that's because of the multi ball and the jetpack multi balls, like one yep. of the big ones in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like hitting that shot. You have to hit it clean. I have to hit it good. If you don't, it kind of ricochets off the spinner and the targets mm-hmm. and comes back at you. One thing I wasn't a fan of was the drop targets. And the reason being is, is when they're up, it feeds the ball very nicely out of the missile to the upper flipper. Right. Uh, if they're down, it just, it's it, kind of it chaos. Just, yeah. And I don't like that because it's like I'm hitting drop targets to advance something. And I'm getting and penalized like I'm, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the right right side was very fun to shoot. There's a lot of tight shots on that right side, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's definitely you missed, you die. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, it's hard to it's hard to base anything off the code that they have right now because it's point, point five four. I think they had one whopping villain mode in there. It was Goldfinger. And it's when Bond's on the table getting the laser shot at him. And then you could do bird one multi-ball, which is up the middle. Yeah. Um, I never started a henchman mode because I could not hit that side ramp to save my life. I, it would either I go, can't remember if I started one. I, I, I will say early, early. Um, the I, I found it interesting that we uh this was thursday i think so before they uh, before other people came in there because we were there early for flipping the script i went over and played the pro i don't know if i was the first person on it but i gc'd it yeah and and this was my first game that i hadn't really played so they had that set up where i could find all the shots so i was (laughs) you know i i was impressed with that but um 
I I would leave this as I'm betting this will be a hit once the code is done. Right now, the code is still in the early stages, so you are you're a beta tester. Yep. When I played Bond uh, on the premium, I had dropped a score of six hundred million, and I felt like I explored everything that was in the game up to that point. Um, and it was fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. So I at least, at least enjoyed the shots. I don't, I can't say anything about the code or whatnot. Yeah. If they can fine tune the code, I think the game will be fun. There was some other stuff that was pointed out. Like, well, it's it, not very into the bond universe yet, but then again, like I said, the code's still early. Again, it's hard code. to, yeah. it's hard to judge how far it, we're And It's Lonnie who's doing the code, right? So, so Lonnie did a great job with Star Trek and guardians yeah. and yeah, People love Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I'm not too terribly worried about it. My, here's here's my thing. We're two months after the reveal. We still have the Keith L1 60th, which Gomez and L1 have both confirmed. Yeah. Still hasn't been shown. Even if we go to two, we, we've done two reveals this year. Mm-hmm. Let's say for some other reason, Stern next year is like, we're doing two more reveals. We're not doing the three cornerstones. Right. Even if that happens again, let's say they reveal anywhere from January to, to April. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, Bond might get passed up by that point because these games aren't getting really released. Like the summer shipping out this month. The, the, more they're making next a month. lot. I and mean, to be fair, yeah. they are making more games now than they ever have, but it's still not keeping up with demand. Yes. But the second run, so most of the first run doesn't go to homeowners. Right. Goes to location. Yeah, and even with LEs and premiums getting out there, it's still going to be a handful of people that are more uh, more dedicated to the companies, I guess, mm-hmm. than, than your regular, just I decide to randomly buy a pinball machine. Right. So a lot of these aren't going to get into homes till April. If there's any other reveal that, heaven forbids, like at L1 Cornerstone, I feel yeah. like... It, it may suffer. Yeah, it's going it, to suffer. It, it may suffer if they can't sell while the interest is high. And I would say the interest from when we've talked to a few, a few distributors, they haven't said it's low interest, but they've also all admitted that it's less interest than, than they anticipated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Queen, what'd you think of Queen? Okay. Queen is, is pretty. Yep. My vibe on Queen is it feels like it was made in 1989. That like, old? Maybe 92. It it, it okay. felt like an early Bally, Bally Williams. Yeah, it felt like a Bally Williams yeah, to me. Yeah, it felt like a Bally, but it was I'm early. And yeah. so it still didn't have like amazing shots. It had shots that worked. But um, it, it looked professional. Uh, the artwork was better up close. Uh, it, and it looked, um, I, I'm not sure that, uh, and, and to be fair, the code was very, uh, very rudimentary too. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was fun enough. Uh, yeah. it, it's a game that I would play on location. I am not a diehard queen fan. And so I wouldn't plan on buying this for my house unless it had, like an Iron Maiden feel to it where it, yeah. the, you know, the layout blows me away and how many Iron Maiden fans are out there. 
versus how many people love Keith Elwin's design. Yeah. Or and you I, could say Metallica too. Um, there, there are a lot of people who buy Metallica who just love Borg's layout. Yeah. I think the other thing too, both you and I are family men and we have young children. Yeah. There's some yeah. naked booty on there. Yeah. The, and, there's the, there's the fat bottom girls, uh, uh orbit where yeah. you're like, wow, there's, there's, there's a naked girl riding a, bu- a bike. I don't That's, know if you got to this part in the code, but I actually got her to pop up on the screen and she, they shake her across the screen with all the oh, glory. Oh yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I played two balls. Um, and and it was okay. It, it was okay. Yeah, I I would say that it felt better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, it shoots really well. You could tell Barry Ausler, a well-known designer that has done multiple pinball machines, mm-hmm. was involved with it. I think my only real complaint, unless if they code in a skill shot on the left side. So there's two drop targets. There's one on the left and one on the right. And obviously, drop targets are kind of gatekeepers, right? Mm-hmm. For some odd reason, the one on the left that's gatekeeping the shot it's like an inch or two up from the shot so if you if you pull the plunger just right you can actually plunge it up into behind the drop target up into mm-hmm. the hole but it wasn't giving a skill shot i really think they need to turn that into a skill shot and then you'll you'll really feel like oh yeah that was awesome you know mm-hmm. uh shots felt flowed really well i enjoyed it i mean there was still some like clunk to it i don't know what the there's like a lion shot on the kind of the right side mm-hmm. i don't know if there's something that's like you have to open up that shot for the ball to go further in it, it, it like you shoot that shot and then it would just kind of dribble back out yeah i don't i don't know if that shot actually goes anywhere well so uh, it, it may i mean it, again i i had two balls on it and, and that's pretty much all i played i i got far enough that i completed most of the game so i was like okay but the, it was like i i think the code was like 0.4 yeah and then well the other problem too is is it was they were all set to two ball mm-hmm. but i kept getting extra balls i don't know how i was yeah. getting extra balls oh. so my games were going on for a while yeah. <laughs> so okay i feel bad for the people standing behind me i i enjoyed it though the music was good the, the sound could be a little bit better but you're taking live footage from the 80s right yeah so, so i i thought it, it felt theme appropriate and this yeah. is the same thing i said about the bond, people complaining about the bond artwork I'm thinking this feels like a queen pinball machine that would have been made in 1988. Yep. Like the, the the clips are from that era. The art is from that era and the layout felt like it was too. Felt like the, the band members were not enthused to be playing, telling you what to do in the pinball machine. Uh, Yeah. But how many, I mean, they try, but there's a reason why, there's a reason why having band members do call outs, it's a mixed blessing. Sometimes yeah. they nail it and other times you know, like Metallica, the only guy who's into it is James Hatfield, but he's also the lead singer. Yeah. Who, who he is the, he's the voice of Metallica anyway. True. As opposed to Kurt Cobain or not Kurt Cobain, uh, Kurt Hammond. <laughs> That's buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Hammond, who's just like, shoot that. Okay. Like, and I, and I don't, I, I'm not a voice actor either. Yeah. I, I, there's a reason why you hire voice actors for stuff like that. True. Uh, Magic Girl. What do you think of Magic Girl? Uh, it felt like a, it felt like a beta Circus Voltaire. I can, I'll give you that. Yeah. It, it, it's a pretty machine, but it still felt like a, like a homebrew and that, 
yeah, it, it looks pretty. It had ramps. Um, when I was playing it, I, I couldn't actually get the uh, it to go all the way up to the top of the playfield, even on a solid hit. Which is funny to me because multiple people had said that. Yeah, and but you I, could you got it. Oh, I got it all the time. I had yeah, no issues so it up there. I I have a feeling there were times when there was more power draw that because uh, I was hitting it cleanly and it wasn't going up there. Uh, I don't know, but that's the other hard part too. Is in Magic Girl, I, mm-hmm. I learned that the multi ball is kind of hard to get to mm-hmm. because you're trying to shoot those ramps. You have to light lock via the in and out lanes so you got to shift through those once you've lit all four then you shoot the ramp and then it diverts it to the left side you do the four lights it diverts it to the right side you do the four lights so you got to do this 12 times with the rollovers and then three shots to the ramps and then it was it was a fun it was a fun multi-ball but i felt like multi-ball shouldn't be that hard to get to yeah multi-ball should be more uh, accessible but it's it it's a fun game. Um, it's definitely not up to modern standards. I'll put it that way. No, if again, it felt like a hey, this is a trial run, and Circus Voltaire is a better game. Yeah, yeah, but it does have that same Papa Duke feel to everything. The code oh, yeah. feels the same. Feels very poppy. Um, yeah. You know, shoot the shot multiple times to spell you know potions and shoot the shot so many times to do locks and mm-hmm. uh it just it, it was a good game i i would never spend twenty five thousand dollars on this game no what, what did they would. say someone no would what they say someone just bought one for thirty five thousand dollars and is shipping it to the guys over in europe and having them finish it for twenty five thousand dollars so when everything's sending down done it's like 60 grand for this game it's it's a bragging right at that point it's it not, is and that's supreme that's buying Supreme for eighty thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. it's it's not. That's a that's someone who wants it for the novelty of having it as a yeah. production game in the current state. It would be, uh, it would be panned. Yeah. So, still, it was a fun game. I'm if glad we were able to play it. It was yeah, fun. Same. same. It was fun to see it. I guess. Yeah, it was. It was really fun to see it and see kind of that part of history, right? Yeah. Uh, am I missing any games? The Mandatopper was there. Uh, yeah, Mandalorian. So I, I still feel like that's... Uh, I'm I'm glad they're trying different things for toppers. I, when you're getting to like 33% of the cost of a game, that, and that's a steep thing. I, I don't think I'm going to get the Mandatopper. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a little too steep for me. Um, the... Yeah, it looks cool, um, and they certainly put a lot of code into it. It, I, I still, when I compare what what Stern's doing versus what CGC has done with their toppers, I wish Stern would do something more high quality like CGC toppers. Yeah, and the attack from Mars topper is unbelievable. The yep. e- even the medieval madness topper, it's static, but it looks beautiful. Yep. When you look at Stern toppers, they still look like Walmart displays selling candy. I agree. So that's that's the downside. Um, there is some some things about Mando topper that, about playability, but again, some people like that. Some people don't like that. Oh, there's part of a game I can't get to if I'm not spending the two grand. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't mind it. 
But to be fair, there's a lot of wizard modes I never get to anyway. Yeah. So so <laughs> that I, is I, true. Why are you complaining about an extra mode for two thousand dollars when you came and get past the even the yeah. mini wizard mode for some people? You know exactly. Yeah. So uh, so that's my sick. We got one more game. Yes, and I, I was think about, this was, I was about to, oh, this was the best one. Yeah, by, yeah. by hands down. But the problem is, is it, it also is a tried and true layout. But yes, you lead us off. Yeah. So we were able to play Fathom. And yep. my gosh, that is an amazing looking game. Um, Holy crap. Haggis, talk about really nailing it. Yeah. That is a beautiful game. Yep. Um, it feels like it has the old feel. So even, you know, the the flippers from that era, like the the 70s flippers, they're not right. like the the, the quick flip fi- uh, flippers that uh, Stern has now. Yeah, and th- there's they're a little slower. They 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 were able to emulate those really well or replicate them, I guess. It's not emulating. They were able to replicate that feel. So it felt like I was playing a game that was resurrected from 1978 yep but the you know the lights were beautiful and the layout and the in the production was beautiful that was i had the most fun playing that game over all of the games there yep it was definitely the one that when i finished when i finished a game it was the i've got to play another game yeah i've got to keep getting further in this mermaid battle stuff yeah i've got to figure this out it was awesome. It was a, I, it was a take my money. Like th- that's how I felt. Take my, shut up and take my money. Yep. I, I kind of want one now. Yeah. And the quality was amazing on it. Yeah. Like, I'm jealous. My friend Tony has, uh, has one on order. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Aaron from fast pinball. That is the actual. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we want to have him on. That was super nice. Uh, uh, we, I talked with him for about an hour. So not only did he donate product, he donated a, a color DMD. Essentially it's an, rgb dmd that they make mm-hmm. uh, but they're the ones that brought fathom and then they brought all their own games emulated on the fast pinball mm-hmm. system so if you're into building your own homebrews and stuff like that check out fast pinball because you can go through there and make your own games they like read on like whitewater and funhouse mm-hmm. and that this sounds like that's his lot what the progetti games are running off of this is what it is yeah they're so the haggis games yeah, yeah haggis games are all running off of fast so these are good quality boards that seem to be holding up. I don't see anything dropping out. We didn't have mm-hmm. any issues of it like seizing up or anything like that. Um, there was an addictive little thing in Fathom mm-hmm. that I kept doing. And someone's like, what, what, what is that causing it to do? I'm like, no, it's just fun. Uh, when the ball's drained, you know how mm-hmm. usually when you hit the, the get it to go faster, you hit the flippers together, right? Yeah. For some odd reason, I don't know who coded this in. If it was Martin, I'm going to laugh, but when you do it, it gives like a big bass boom. And so you kept hitting it. It's like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it was hilarious, but it was so satisfying to do. I don't know what it was about it. It was just, yeah, your ball drains and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to like rage flip really quick and just make it sound like the game's mm-hmm. trying to blow up. You know, I, I wish there were the one layout layout thing that I love about fathom is I love that the outlane and the inlane are reversed. And yeah. so it's non-intuitive, like the outlane that you, what you think is the outlane, it actually like goes through a one-way gate yep. and, uh, and, and it doesn't drain and you can, if you time it right, you can actually hit it when you're going through the outlane and bring it over through that gate. 
if if you can time it right. But it was that that was such a a beautiful game. Um, that I, I would rank that best in show. Just the the way it looked and the way it played. Uh, that was the one. If I were to pack one up and and take it out that day, it would it would have been fathom. Yep, I agree. Uh, homebrews, did you dig into these at all? Yes. So um, a little bit. I I tr- I kept trying to make my way back there, and I kept getting distracted um, because it was. Sadly, they're they're always in the back. I I played Sonic again. Uh, still is a a well themed integrated game. So that it's, was my first time playing Sonic. Yeah, I was giddy. Yeah, it, like, it was fun. They they he did such a good job of theme integration on that. I I, I wish he had had been able to incorporate a loop into because he. He was able to do uh, the Sonic spinning up and then he shoots the ball out quickly. It would have been fun if he were able to incorporate a loop in there, but I understand there's reasons why you can't. Yeah. I think that's just the way that was the only way he was getting a loop in there is it's like the uh, medieval madness catapult shot, right? But you shoot it through a loop de loop. Um, I was really enjoying it. It was a really fun game. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to play it till Saturday night at like, 1130 it always had someone on it and mm-hmm. uh the guys it's a long me. playing game because it, yeah. it's not it's it's a nice layout but they need they'll need to make it a little more tough for a production game well my understanding is they don't have a plan on reproducing it just yet sure but no i'm just saying that if they if they use that layout not necessarily with sonic then they're gonna have to to tighten up the shots a little bit because they're a little too easy to find. Yeah. Right now. So here's here's my problem with the homebrew. Yeah. Uh all the games were fantastic. They were enjoyable. But if you're going for the American dream, yeah. None of those games can fit in that category, right? Right. Uh, and the two that I found very fun to play um were actually from and I'm sorry, I wish I remember the guy's name. Uh I I, I talked with Joe Lemire about him. And uh he he had he's the one who did frozen okay and he also did the i think it was like haunted cruise or ghost ship or so, or something like that but it was it was definitely a pinball 2000 vibe yeah it had that type of integration and it was it was really cool yeah um but you're right i'm not sure and these are hobby games i'm not sure how they would translate to a manufactured option but well, you kind of hit the nail on the cool. head like you have these frozen in that other game where like pinball 2000 they had the mm-hmm. monitors built in americans are going to make those they're not going to revamp their right. whole system just for those yeah. trash land that's akin to like pinball circus if you don't know right. about pinball circus it's a pinball machine essentially an arcade cabinet it goes up mm-hmm. instead of you're, you're they're not going to make a custom build like it's that. a gimmick game and, and pinball circus is a gimmick game like last time i was at the pinball hall of fame they were actually cleaning it or something so i didn't get to play it but and then the games that were even near normal well yeah. not normal sorry manufacturer ready right or re-themes yeah like someone brought a deadpool right and incorporated the well they yeah and they incorporated the movie clips i recognized it was different code because you could change the skill shot Oh, okay. because on Deadpool, you can't. 
but from the looks of it, it looked like the only difference, if you didn't play mm. it, it looked oh, like yeah. the only difference was just the back class. And you're like, someone's trolling us, right? Like, yeah, they, they brought a Deadpool and was like, I made a homebrew. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but he basically chopped movie movie themes and put it in there. Yeah. But so like, it, congratulations yeah. to Day, Dan, uh, Jake Danzig. Mm-hmm. He won Best in Show, and it was a rethemed. He he did Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, but they're not they're not going to make that because it's it's a solid state from right the eighties. Yeah, and and that's a beautiful game too. Yes, very beautiful game, amazing game, Jake. Mm-hmm. That thanks for sharing with that one with us. But all right, let's move on. We're we're past the yeah, hour mark. We are. Let let's let's do a quick summary on Pinball Olympics. Okay. okay. Uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. I, I was, uh, I actually did the, <laughs> I did the, the running challenge this time. Yes. Okay. I am not a runner. So this is fat boy running on a treadmill that's going way too fast. 10 miles an hour is what yeah. they had at the tail. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a sprint and I was playing junkyard and I actually, I probably could have made it to the finals because I started multi-ball yeah, but I drained right when I started it. So I was, and I was exhausted. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. So I drained and I stopped and then started spitting up balls. Oh, but I'm like, I don't think I had enough into the tank to keep running at 10 miles an hour and playing a multi-ball because yeah. I was just dog tired. Oh yeah. So that took a lot out of me. I, I didn't get to play some of the games. Um, I didn't get a medal. I, I wanted to get a medal, but I, I only really had the chance to play um probably about half of the games once and i did maybe not even half the games probably a third of the games and the one that i had the the most chance of actually winning on was the one where you're looking through a glass uh you're looking straight ahead but it has a 45 degree mirror mirror yeah and so you can you can see and so that was that was the one that i had i mean i probably had like five shots on that one but uh, always fun. Um, Lion Tacos Man, were Olympics. Tacos were great. Everybody had a good time. And it's yeah. a it's a carnival atmosphere. Yeah. If you're going to Expo, if you plan on yeah. going to Expo next year, you have to do yourself a favor and get yourself a ticket yeah. for Pinball Olympics. Do lives. the Pinball Olympics. The, the shuttle was a great idea, too. So people yep. who rode the shuttle were able to, uh, they were also able to drink adult beverages and as much as they wanted, and then they didn't have to worry about driving home unsafe. So, yep, they was, were able to drink responsibly. Yeah, that, that, that was a nice option too. The first game that we played was Vortex, which is black hole inside of. If you've ever been to oh, yeah. carnivals, <laughs> yeah, you walk across the catwalk in the spinning mm-hmm. tunnel, and it totally throws you off. I don't know what it was. The tunnel was not bothering me at all. I had my head down. Yeah, you were zoned in. I was zoned in. I know what to do on black hole. I don't know why. I've I've practiced it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost rolled the machine. I got up over nine hundred thousand, or yeah. no, it was a little, a little under nine hundred. Yeah, 000. didn't you get didn't you get gold on that? Yeah, yeah. I was. No one even came close. So like, one guy walks up to me. He's like, "Dude, that's a good like score normally. Like, yeah. not inside of a." I just I kept going. It was I got in the groove. It was like our first game, so I was like, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, we did really well on Metallica, uh, and it was Julie that was giving us crap, right? So your so your coworker Julie yeah. came to the same convention. She she went to Pinball Olympics with us, and we did. If you're not familiar with Metallica, there's two of them side by oh, side. It, it's hilarious. 
and that far left that far left target the one that you kind of shoot up into that channel and hit the target is hooked up to the other tilt bob on the other machine so the 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 strategy here is because you got to play four on four uh you've got to tilt out the other team before they tilt you out and if you're going for it you just keep hitting that tilt over and over <coughs> we had tilted out the whole team and i was on ball two yeah and I'm like, yes, I'm going for the high score now. I want to get metal on Metallica because this is like an epic game, right? Yeah. Uh, Julie was not having it. She kept getting back on just to mess with us. <laughs> I tilted her out nine times I, in a row. I kept tilting her out too. It was hilarious. <laughs> and the only reason I didn't tilt her out anymore is because I drained because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love the, that, that's such a, a creative way of doing it. So, uh, pinball Olympics was amazing. Got back on Saturday night. Uh, I don't even remember what we did Saturday night. I guess we cleaned up uh, Saturday night. We just kind of, yeah, cleaned up. we, we had uh, pizza and, uh, yeah, we went Luminaldi's. Luminaldi's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I personally, me, I like okay. Giordano's more. I, okay. I, I actually thought they were both fine, um, but I like Mark Silk got a thin crust and I had a bite of his, uh, you know, a slice of his little small pizza. And I'm like, I think I like the thin crust. Really? Shh, don't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. Yeah. So that's pretty much our expo. You came home on Sunday. I hung around because my flight wasn't leaving till four. Yeah. I flew out s- Sunday morning at 730. I was home at 10 o'clock. So tournament was still going. Uh, it was fun to go there, sit and chit chat with that group because it's the, the groups kind of separate, right? Like you're either yeah. there for the convention, or you're there for the tournament. It was nice hanging out with Josh and Zach Sharp, uh, giving them grief over the tournament and whatnot. Hanging out with Jen Ruper, she was in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just fun. It was it was kind of a nice, chill way to finish out Expo and and see everything. I feel like, um, yeah, I. I I'm going to go out on limits and say I actually prefer Pinball Expo more than I like Texas. And the okay. reason being is is I feel like... You didn't have to wait in line. Didn't have to wait in line. Mm-hmm. It is still kind of that pinball reunion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a little different group of people there. But yeah, like I didn't feel pressured to play the games because you could kind of get on any game you wanted at that point. And at Texas, I swore we, the shortest line was like two, three people deep. On yeah, it, it took a play. long time to get on on the games at Texas. So, yeah, and I so agree if with you if you want to play Reuse Nightmare, just waddle right up to it. You might have one person in front of you. Yeah. So I think it's a better experience. I I actually like the food better in Chicago. Um, maybe it's because I can what? get the I dish. Think you have to have a car. Like I, I really do. I feel like. We did Uber it a little bit, but there's nothing within walking distance. So you're either going to Uber it or or drive a car. Yeah, but people didn't know about this either. And maybe I shouldn't announce this because it's easy. There's a shuttle from the hotel and they'll take you three miles in any direction you want to go. Sure. And that's true. But then you, it, it is, there is a convenience of I'm booking an Uber and it shows up in five minutes. Yeah. But you just tell the, you tell the yeah. shuttle, I'm, hey, I need to leave at nine or whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't that big of a deal, and I felt like I only sat for maybe ten minutes at yeah. most for the shuttle. Yeah, they don't um, they don't run on weekends though. Oh, that's true. So Saturday, you're you're SOL. But if you're doing pinball Olympics, yeah. it doesn't matter anyway. Right. So, uh, but yeah, if take advantage of that, take advantage of the shuttle, and they'll pick you up from locations as well. So we did have some questions on the we 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 sent out a a thing that was talking about uh, questions. Do you want to do these questions now, or do you want to push them off for two weeks? 
no, let's let's do them really quick because last time I looked, there was only like three, wasn't there? Okay, so uh, Julie asks, "What do you think of Bond Pro or Premium?" Um, pro. I would probably save the money and go with Pro. Uh, the, however, I think that if you want the bells and whistles, I don't think you're going to be penalized for getting the premium. I just don't think it's worth twenty five hundred dollars more. Yeah. Um, if CGC, this is Brad Hunter of Lit Frames. If CGC moved away from the remakes, what titles would you want them to make? Um, there's at least, uh, there used to be a list of five to six remakes they mentioned of making, including Theater Magic, Toten, I believe. I still hope they make those. Um, I, I think CGC is trying to find that middle ground because they are, they make excellent remakes. Yeah. And the, the four remakes they have made are solid. Yeah. And they're coveted. So you can sell them. They're proven commodities. Uh, other games that I would definitely make if I were them, I would do my best to figure out if I can do Adam's Family. Yeah. Like figure out something. And the bottom line is the answer to all your questions is money. Yep. And th- there will be a, a, a fee that people will be willing to accept to remake that game. I okay. think CGC moves away from remakes. And the reason being, we're seeing more and more of these 2.0 kits. Yeah. I think they're cheaper to produce. I think soon enough, the market's going to be saturated with those. I mean, we had like three come out this year, three or four. Yeah, but they're retheming old games. So I I, I don't, I, I think CGC still has a good market. The, they would sell Theater Magic. They would yeah. sell Adam's Family. Yep. They would sell Twilight Zone if they made that. Uh, yeah, uh, true. Um, they would sell Indiana Jones Pinball Adventures if they made that. Speaking, sorry, you were talking about Twilight Zone reminded me of something at yeah. Expo. Yeah. So we always say, hey, it's hard. You know, Twilight Zone is uh, wide a wide body, yeah. so it's, it's out of the realm. Mm-hmm. I can't attest to this for CGC, but we did talk about this with Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah, so thanks, we were doing thank, the tour. thanks to Ken Cromwell. He gave us a tour. Um, and we talked a little bit about the designs and yeah, he had a rotisserie and specifically it, I, they were all making standard bodies, Yeah, but, and they've, they've made wide bodies too. So he's like, it's, you know, you can scale up and down depending on what you want to make. Yeah. He says it's not impossible. It's not like they have to retool the whole line or anything like that. Those rotisseries are a size for wide bodies. They just use them for their standard bodies right now. So it would not be hard wink wink to go back to some of their old stuff like pirates of the caribbean well, they weren't okay. promising he, they'd he, do he that he didn't say that but he said he could they could make wide bodies if they wanted to okay but what i'm saying is it's okay that is not jjp endorsed what i'm saying is it's not hard right when when you hear on a podcast oh they probably won't do pirates because it's a wide body mm-hmm. that's not the case yeah so yeah right. the wide body is not the issue um yeah, theater magic. I think Whitewater, uh, their version of Whitewater would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and so there's still at least five or six games. However, eventually, if they keep going down that that road, you're going to run out of titles. Yeah. So you have to transition if you want to be uh, not just a um, like a a tribute band company. Uh, will there be a back to the future pinball machine? If so, which manufacturer and when? Um, I'm maybe. Answer, Go ahead. I want to say 
more than likely. Okay. If there is one made, it's going to be stern because when we talked to Joe Kamakam last year on the interview, he has some vested interest in Back to the Future, like the right. Broadway musical or whatever. Yeah. So he has some sway with that license. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to stern. When I bet if they do come out with one, it's in the next five years. Yeah. That's- and I would say it's certainly on the list of things that people would like to see. But yeah. I would add to that Lord of the Rings vault, um, Tron vault, like other things, Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of wish list stuff on there too. True. I just feel like Back to the Future because of the sway that Joe has at yeah. Stern is more than likely than those other three. Yeah. All uh, right. Nathan Smith asked most underrated Bally Williams titles. Uh, that could be like a whole discussion. <laughs> really? What, what's your number one underrated? You know, I, I think no fear is fun. <laughs> I do. I think no fear is fun. It's just shooting ramps. Yeah. And so that it's, uh, when I say, is it the best game? No, but I had fun playing it. I feel like there's one that's more underrated than that. Okay. I feel like Flintstones is very underrated. Oh, geez. That's a turd. Sorry. It's not a turd. It shoots good. It's, it's got some really good and interesting modes. Mm-hmm. Is it fantastic? No. No. <laughs> but I I feel like it is underrated for what it is. My One of my, I think that's underrated, Revenge for Mars. I feel like it does oh, not yeah. love no, I, it should. I agree. I actually like Revenge for Mars. My yes. um, my friend has a, has a beautiful one, and I love playing it because it's just fun. It's funny. Yeah. It's a great game. If, if you can mm-hmm. find a Revenge for Mars, get your hands on one because they are a blast. Uh, if you wear a size XL shirt in America, what size do you wear in Australia? Okay, I'll tell my experience about U2. I we went to U2 in Ireland, humble brag, uh, okay. to watch the the Joshua Tree tour like five years ago. You know, yeah, uh, 2017. <coughs> and I wanted a shirt, so I bought an XL shirt, and it was a medium. <laughs> I, I looked like a, I looked like a stuffed sausage in it and not in an attractive way. So I, I took it back. I'm like, um, I need something different. This is not going to work. So I ended up with a jacket. So I would say that an XL in, in American size, I don't know if they make that in, uh, Australian size. You may have to ask like, uh, you know, like Marty or, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I've got I've got to tell you the backstory behind this because you don't okay. know this yet. I don't. So so Doug won some items from flipping the script on autism. Okay. Thank you for supporting Doug. We really yes. appreciate it. So Doug messages me. He's like, I'm a I'm a husky man, so I at least need like an extra large, maybe a double XL. Okay. And I'm like, okay, dude. Well, Haggis had sent us all the stuff beforehand because mm-hmm. they tried to package it in as, right. as many, you know, as least amount of packages as they could. Mm-hmm. So I pull out the shirt and I'm like, Doug, this thing is 5XL. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm not that big. Give it to someone else. But I'm like, Doug, hold on. I have a Haggis shirt. So I bought like the like club, you know how yeah. like Spooky has their club. club. Yeah. Club Haggis, right? Yeah. Uh, to support them. And, uh, I asked for an extra large and I, it was like a medium, right? Like yeah. I felt like a stuffed sausage in it. Mm-hmm. So it sits on the rack in my, my closet, right. just smiling at me. And I told him like, dude, this is the situation. He's like, actually five XL might actually fit. Right. Me. Yeah. So I'd send that. Okay. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. I was like, that's a totally random comment. So Doug will have to tell us when he gets the shirt, if it, 
if 5XL is the way to go if you're an American in Australia. There you go. I think that does it for our questions. Oh, sorry. Uh, one last question. Let's let's end on this one. Okay. Is this lineup in this lineup? What would be the sixth machine? So, if you had a Star Wars, a Metallica, a Stranger Things, a Rush, and a Godzilla, um, like and there's like a big what would you, medieval madness banner behind it. What are you keeping you with the theme? It? Yeah. Are you keeping the theme of Stern? If you're doing Stern, uh, maybe a Deadpool. Jurassic Park in this lineup. Okay, let me see. Well, okay, so you have an Elwin, you have a Borg, you have an Eddie, you have another Borg, and you have a Richie. So yeah, I think you have two Borgs, and so I would. I'm saying go with the Gomez, go with the the Deadpool. Deadpool. I think I'd get Deadpool. Yeah. Or get the medieval madness because that's apparently what you enjoy on the back wall there yeah so. and that's the and that's even the brian eddy uh um banner that's that's the, translate. the brian allen yeah, sorry brian allen translate that's what i have in my game so yeah all yeah, right I, um yeah i'd probably get deadpool if you're sticking with stern uh but obviously medieval madness is my my family's favorite so i'm yeah. moving yeah, I don't blame you there. Speaking of which, I'm I'm actually kind of updating all my stuff. I sold my my giant mnemonic and my Earthshaker and picked up a Guardians Pro. Yep. I'm going to go over this really quickly. Really enjoying it. I didn't realize how easy the game is, though. I don't know if it's my skill level. I don't know if it's just I'm getting in the groove with it. The rubber bands on the Outlands. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, my 10th game, I dropped $1.9 billion on the game. Yep. Uh, I finished the game. I have not been to Zan- save Xandar yet. Sorry. I haven't completed all the way, but I did do the emulsion initiative, I think okay. is what it's called, and completed that. Apparently, when you complete that, if you haven't gotten all the modes 100%, so like you got to get like the double supers and orb and root multiball. Mm-hmm. If you don't do those things, when you finish emulsion, it drains you and says game over and mm-hmm. congratulates you. So at 1.9 billion, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll finish up this mode. And then I want to save Xandar. And the one it drained out and was like, you're done. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I am really enjoying it. Uh, but just to let you know, for those that are maybe of a less skill level, I think you really love this game in your lineup. So you're going to say, I'm going to like it. I think you're going to love it. It's a really fun game. It, it definitely is a Borg. The yeah. shots feel like they should. The yeah, ramps don't they, feel they like they come right back at your face really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about Borg and putting ramps in the weirdest spots, but they just don't feel like they should be where they're at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm hmm. Okay. Right, I think we should wrap it up. Yep. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us on the socials at Loser Kid Pinball on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. If, oh, the easiest way to get a hold of us is through Facebook Messenger or through the Gmail. I'm finding out that it's a lot easier to get a hold of us on that as well. If you did get items from Flipping the Script on Autism and you have not received them yet, everyone is either shipped or is preparing to ship. So I'm getting a lot of emails. People have received their stuff. I'm getting emails of, I haven't heard anything. I yeah. promise you your items are leaving their areas um, I know Stern's still working on getting. They, they donated a lot of stuff, guys. Like, yeah. it was ridiculous. And thank you again to Stern and to all those uh, that donated all that amazing stuff. Yeah. 
once again, we'll Ted, see you in two see, weeks, see right? See you in two weeks. All right. And if you guys went to Expo, let us know what you thought. Sit down.